We are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I am joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing today, Seth? Good. All right, all right, all right. Uh, we don't have a sponsor on this week's episode, but I would like to uh, squeeze in a little plug for the Electric uh, Sun form- Formula Sun, uh, which is the solar yep. uh, solar car race that's going to happen in Artland Raceway in Topeka, Kansas, and it's starting. Uh, well, next week now, right? Um, the twenty seventh yep. to the second, the twenty seventh of June to the second of July, and Electric is going to be present. It's, we, we're on the name. We are a title sponsor of the show. It's a bunch of student teams uh, from a bunch of university all around North America, and they are going to they they have already produced uh, an electric solar car prototype, and they're going to race it at this track for a global a challenge in the solar race. So it's going to be very interesting. A bunch of engineering students are going to be the future of uh, probably the electric uh, automotive world because a lot of companies recruit from those challenges. And it's a uh, good opportunity to encourage the students and to uh, just watch some cool technology that might make its way to the uh, auto industry in the future because it, it has in the past that those challenges have been going on for a while. So from June 27th, to July 2nd, if you are around Kansas, uh, Topeka, Kansas, come check it out. All right. You're going to make it? Uh, yeah, I haven't bought my tickets just yet. Like, we're going we're gonna to have to talk about it after the show, see uh, those, because um, uh, the plans haven't been finalized. Yeah, but, I'm going to be uh, out there on the happening. 28th. And, and uh, we're, uh, Aaron, our uh, social media guy, is going to be there. And uh, hopefully, we'll get some other people out there. Uh, tech, Tesla is actually a uh, co sponsor. So, yeah, and we were Tesla's supposed to have Aptera too. We 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 told we said Aptera was going to be there in the last few weeks. Unfortunately, the yeah uh, last minute. So. Yeah, Aptera wasn't able to make it. Sadly, mm-hmm. uh, we we don't really understand quite why, but uh, maybe next year. Yeah, they would have been a perfect uh, partner for this. Yeah. It's right up their alley. All right, biggest news of the week. It's another person gets on board the Max hype train, and that's Rivian. So it happened earlier this week. We've been talking about sorry a lot. But yeah, I mean, it's it's almost a copy pasted of the Ford and GM announcement, though a little bit more details maybe on the Rivian front, front boy. Uh, and um, so, in general, it's again planned to adopt Nax on Rivian vehicles starting in 2025. So the connector is going to be in the vehicle, but the goal is always to get access to the supercharger network as soon as possible. So they said adapters in 2024, just like Ford and GM, though. Rivian said spring 2024, so there's like a little, uh, uh, a little bit more details here. Uh, a bit unfortunate though. Uh, 2024 sounds a, a bit late to me. Like it's uh, almost a year to get to get an adapter going. But um, still, in the meantime, there's going to be uh, there's, there's, there's um, the Rivian owners can access the CCS networks existing, including Rivian's own. Uh, so what is a bit different with Rivian is like again they have their own charging network using CCS and they did say in the announcement that they plan to keep um, to keep it going um, where is the actual announcement here oh, no, I'm full. yeah and they're going to actually add it to add Nox to their adapters in 2025 uh, to, to their R1 vehicles and or two platform but uh, I was talking about the announcement for their Adventure Network. Okay, 
Uh, yeah, everyone says that although it's offering access to Tesla's expensive charging network in North America, it will continue to build its own adventure network of chargers. Whether those ribbon paths will eventually support next edition. Oh, okay, so the, it's not clear at this point. I thought. But I mean, if, if if Rivian is making vehicles in 2025 with Nax, they're not going to make only CCS. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes no sense. But the, and and there's already uh, these connectors that are going to go both ways anyway. So yeah. if you, you, you can have CCS. You can. It's not. It's not that big of a deal. It's just. It's a little bit more efficient. And that deal. It, it looks to me a bit like Tesla is kind of dangling the supercharger network to get people to adopt Nax. They like. Oh, hey, for sure. Yeah. Adopt I mean, Nax on your vehicles, and we're going to give you, like, as soon as possible, we're going to give you access to a supercharged network. Because it is, it is a big deal. Like, one day you're, you don't have access to 12,000 chargers in North America, arguably the best 12,000 chargers that we're going to go to. I don't think and, it's arguable. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I was just being <laughs> cautious there. Um, Nobody's arguing. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody's arguing. And then the next day, boom. Uh, well, it's not as much as a boom as you need to have those adapters. And so, um, but th- was there something about the adapter being free in the Ribbon announcement too? Yeah, Offering they're, giving, them? they're giving them to uh, customers for free. Yeah, and existing ones too. So it's, it's like a way to, like, if you buy one, if you buy a car now, like, you're not going to be left behind. That's the, I guess that's people's biggest concern. Right. All right, speaking of Rivian, uh, you had, uh, well, we kind of announced it last week, but it, it became official this week or today, actually, or yesterday. Did you, you, you placed your today. order today? Oh, and so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so a uh, couple things. One is Rivian gave me a R1S. Uh, we've been asking for a week review for a long time, and for whatever reason, it took them a, a really long time to get one, but we got one. <clears throat> and, you know, from a review standpoint, like we're very late in the game. Like there's been reviews. We had a review a year ago on it and not much has changed there. You know, it's basically hardware is mostly the same software's seen some updates. Um, but you know, this kind of puts things into perspective right now. Um, the uh, CFO of Rivian uh, got into a uh, Deutsche Bank call uh, this week uh, or <clears throat> last week. And kind of said Rivian's changing right now. Like they're <clears throat> they're changing from a pickup truck manufacturer, which is ninety something percent of what they've manufactured to this point. They've kind of just trickled out R1Ss, and now they are ramping up their R1S uh, production. It's going to be seventy five percent of what they make. Um, and then also they have the Enduro platform coming out, which will allow them to make a little bit more money on each uh, vehicle. And also sell them for a little bit less, and also they'll get a little bit more range. So, kind of win-win-win there. Um, you know, there's a few reasons for this. One is uh, there's actually competition for pickups. Uh, the Ford F-150 Lightning is already out competing with the R1 R1T, and pretty soon the Cybertruck's coming out. Uh, you know, this week I I spent some time at Chevy with the Silverado. That thing has 450 miles of range, which is crazy. Um, so there's competition there, but there's not really competition for the R1S at all. Like, uh, you know, Scout's going to eventually come out with something, uh, which is that VW brand. Um, Kia's got the uh, EV9, which is starting to trickle out. But, you know, it's a Kia. It's not going to be quite the off-roader. Um, so really, the R1S is the only game in town. And it's, a you know, a well-done 
piece of work and you know it's now coming in a little less expensive with the dual uh, motor instead of the quad motor and the quad motor to be honest is i think is going to be a very niche project product um because you get almost everything you want the quad motor gives you in a dual motor like look at the speed difference there it's uh, zero to 60 at 3.5 seconds for the dual motor and 3.0 seconds for the the quad motor i don't even know if you hit three it's very close but so it's almost undiscernible the difference in speed um but your range goes way up um the CFO said she was getting like 352 miles of range. Uh, so that's 25 miles more than uh, the quad motor. Pretty big deal, I think. And then, you know, there's things like the rally mode and drift mode uh, that only are available on the quad motor. But I don't think a lot of uh, Rivian's customers are going for that. So that's happening. Um, I also got to check out Rivian's uh, spaces. Uh, they opened one in, in Manhattan. Uh, it's a lovely place. It's similar to the one in Venice, if you've ever been there. Um, it looks like a Patagonia store or a, a Burton store. Um, and it, you know, it could easily have accessories like tents and camping gear and hiking gear and all that other stuff. Um, uh, last week, we had the exclusive that uh, Rivian uh, pulled in ABRP, a better route planner. What uh, bike Rivian, is, that? is that yours? Uh, yeah, that's, that's the Luna uh, Eclipse. Oh, I wrote right, right. it, you know, on the uh, the Metro North train line, they only allow you to do foldable bikes. So that's my train bike. Um, but yeah, the, the space was really nice. Uh, they gave us a look before customers came in. They give rides on the West Side Highway, which is like not really Rivian <laughs> country. But um, yeah, really nice experience. Uh, I think it'll get a lot more people uh, looking at Rivians and more importantly, driving them. So. A lot of things happening at Rivian right now. Uh, I think the uh, a better route planner is a, is a way to bring uh, new customers in. It's you know like free advertising for you know Rivian's network. Um, you know Rivian has said it's going to open its network to all users, um, and there's going to be a lot a lot more R1s's on the road uh, coming soon. So my my delivery date was supposed to be October to December, and I got word last week that. Uh, it was happening and I got word today that um, I actually can pick up my R1S on Monday. And I've seen on online a few other people um, that were late 2023 uh, that they got the word that their, their R1Ss are coming. So they're really pushing out those R1Ss. Um, because right now, if you want an R1T, the pickup, it's like a two or three day wait, um, sometimes as much as a week or two. Uh and an R1S is like a year. So they clearly need to bring those, you know, R1S's uh, down in wait time. Um, and then, the, you know, obviously the two-wheel Enduro, sorry, the two-motor Enduro is going to be a big, big difference there. So a lot of things happening at Rivian. Yes. Keep a close eye on it if you want to know the latest news. We have, like, set that's always on it on that track. We have Scooter was close to it, also to a Rivian. Probably a lot of news. And now we're going to have a... We're gonna have an actual even owner on staff, uh, so that's uh, <laughs> we're gonna be right on top of everything. Rivian. Uh, we have plenty of other news to discuss today, but if you guys have any question for us either about what we are discussing on the uh, show today, uh, we are live. You can ask questions live in the comment section on YouTube, Facebook, and even I think LinkedIn is working now for comments too. So wherever you are watching live, you can send us a question. We're gonna get to it later on the show. 
doesn't have to be something that we were discussing today. If you have any other question about other topics in the EV world, uh, you can put them in the comment section right now. We're going to get to it in about 30, 40 minutes. All right. On the Tesla front, um, it's the end of quarter push. And uh, it's uh, the end of quarter push is a little bit special this quarter because we've been talking about it a lot. But it's the first time that Tesla has been giving discount on new inventory vehicle versus new custom orders. So Tesla is like very focused on like just liquidating inventory vehicles, which it's something that they've been doing pretty much every quarter, but never with a discount that's different than from the new orders. So, and it's also not just like free supercharging for however period of time, like the, the three years now that it is for, for MLS and X, which is not bad. Um, but also direct discount on the vehicle, so it was like $4,000 last week. Now it's $8,000 on some Model S and X vehicle. So you can see now um, the Model S, the cheapest version in new vehicle with the $8,000 discount, starts at $82,790, which is one of the cheapest uh, Model S we've seen in a long time. I mean, we're getting close to getting back to like uh, Model S 90 uh, back in those days. Like since Tesla had a 100 kilowatt hour battery pack Model S, it has rarely uh, done, uh, go, gone down into these levels. Um, same discounts also on the Plaid, but the Plaid is obviously a little bit more expensive. So it's one of the cheapest time we've seen the Model S and also three years of free supercharging. Which And if you buy it with a referral card, that's another $1,300 off. So... Uh, goes down to basically close to $80,000 a Model S. So if you're in the market for a Model S or a Model X, because there's, there's the same discounts apply there, they, uh, they are happening right now. And uh, we, we've seen there's been some controversy about the number inventory vehicle. It looks like Model 3 and Y are down pretty significantly, but uh, Model S and X, it's harder to tell right now because of Tesla updated the, AP, the API and... Um, the, the views, like the scramble, the VINs, so that fewer cars appear. But it still looks like Model 3 and Y are looking good, which is why Model S and X are the one getting the big, big, big discounts. All right, this is interesting. Uh, Tesla is looking to acquire a wireless charging startup. So you would have told me that uh, like six months ago, and I would have a hard time believing you. But... Uh, we, now we, we, we're starting to think that it's very much more likely because of what happened at Investor Day earlier this year when Tesla had this big uh, day where basically all its leadership gave presentation on what they've been doing. And uh, for the charging uh, presentation, at the very end of it, there was a little surprise where Tesla unveiled, uh, well, teased, they didn't, never mentioned wireless charging, but they teased this image here that looks to involve a charger with a pad at the bottom so it looks like to be a new wireless home charger that Tesla is looking to deploy. So that was a surprise because Tesla was never much into wireless charging for, for good reason. Because for a long time, no, now it's getting less so. But for a long time, it was a lot less efficient in charging. It's still a little bit less efficient, but not much. And some companies are starting to claim that it is just as efficient. But I don't know what are the specs required to, to make that happen. Because normally you do lose some... Uh, energy to to uh, inductive charging. Anyway, that was the main issue. The second issue is cost. For the most part, it's more expensive than a cable charger, and, and can be a lot more expensive depending on the situation. Because, like in this case here, you need to embed a charging pad within in the ground. 
So maybe they found a way to do that inexpensively, but normally it involves like locking it in the ground, either digging into it or bolting into it. So it's not, it, it, it has a lot of more work. And then the third thing is that is all of that is the loss and efficiency or whether or not it's still happening up to question, depending on the, on, on the actual device and this more expensive, more uh, expensive, not only cost of the hardware, but the installation because of it, is it worth the problem that you're solving? Because the problem that you're solving is just your, you don't have to plug in the car. You just have, you just park it and go. So you're saving maybe like a few seconds every time you park because it doesn't take a lot of time for the most part depending on your, your charging setup but i don't know i don't have the best charging setup at home here and i would say that it takes me probably like three or four seconds to plug the car so obviously if you do that every day um twice a day because you unplug it plug it uh it, it adds up to like probably a few hours of your life <laughs> overall so maybe there's some value in it but not much where tesla sees some value obviously is with the self-driving aspect so if your car is self-driving and ultimately Tesla's goal is to be not only self-driving, but self-driving sometimes without anyone in the car. So you can just call up your car and it, it, it could come by itself with no one in it. So that means it might need to charge with no one in it. How do you charge with no one in it if you, cannot, you don't have anyone to plug in the car? Tesla's solution for a while appeared to be a robotic arm that would plug in the car. We've seen the famous like snake robot that Tesla had for a while. And uh, Tesla came out with this in like 2016 and we thought it was dead since nothing happened since 2016. But more recently, Elon said, no, it's still in the cards. But Elon says a lot of things too. Yep. So, <laughs> so but now since this, this announcement or this teasing that happened earlier this year, we're like, all right, it looks like Tesla might be looking at wireless instead. Now, bringing it up to this week, what happened is that a report from Germany uh, from a filing, so it's an official like filing that uh, they submitted this company called Wifrian, Wifrian, W I F E R I O N, um, which is um, based in Freiburg, Germany. So they filed to let their shareholders know that they intend to sell the company and that Tesla International BV is uh, one of the main interested parties. So it sounds like Tesla is interesting. It's not; it hasn't gone true yet, but it looks at least confirmed that Tesla is interested in buying this company. Now, there's a few interesting things about this company. It's a relatively <laughs> small startup funded in 2016, uh, but it already has deployed 8,000 wireless chargers. However, those chargers are mostly for the industrial robot industry. So it's it's chargers for like r- robots in, in a factory. Um, you can think a little bit. Well, what, I, what I can think of is like that probably made also wireless charging very more popular is things like the, those uh, those self-driving uh, lawnmowers and things like that. Like my dad has one. Like it's just it's some you don't have a lot of like automatic like robot home charging, inductive charging, but those things are. Uh, so it's becoming a little bit more popular. And uh, they, so they do similar things like that, but more for the industrial world. But they also are uh, getting into the EV business. So it would make sense for Tesla to to buy that company since it already has. Um, it already has a, its, its own business going in a sector that Tesla used because Tesla used plenty of industrial robots. And then they can leverage that technology for their own wireless chargers. And they're already in production. So Tesla could potentially just uh, send their own, uh, merge their technology with theirs and use their production capacity there. 
the company has raised about the equivalent of $16 million to date. And the deal is expected to be in the mid to high double digit million dollars. So let's say like uh, 40 to $100 million, whatever. Interesting. Tesla is not big on acquisition, for uh, at least for a company of its size, but it uh, has done a few over the years, including one in Germany, um, Groman. So yeah, it was a big one. Wouldn't be the first time that Tesla, and it's been a successful one too. So it wouldn't be the first time that Tesla has tapped into the uh, engineering talent in uh, in Germany. All right, this this is a big one for me. Like this is kind of like sort of my last hope for FSD beta, if you will. This is my last hope. So the Dojo supercomputer is finally coming next month, according to Tesla. So. Tesla has created yet another Twitter account. So since Elon took over Twitter, Tesla has created five new tw official Twitter accounts for different like divisions of the company, including now Tesla AI. And they went on a little tweeting spree uh, this week. And in the tweeting spree, there was this chart that they shared about the um, compute power that they have to train their neural network that is um, powering the self-driving effort. And in it, they shared a timeline of July 2023. So that's next month. Uh, the start of Dojo production. So if you haven't been following the Dojo program, it's Tesla's own built from the ground up supercomputer. It was first unveiled at Tesla AI Day back in 2021. So that was uh, two years ago. But back then, Tesla only had the chip. Now, the chip and uh, the a tile. So they had the chip and a tile, uh, but they were still far from having the actual supercomputer. Last year, Tesla unveiled their system tray. So like a supercomputer like looks like, like this. Like, and then you have the system trays in there. And they had one tray done. And that's it. That's not a full, like this is a cluster or they call it an exapod. But in the, normally it's like a cluster, a supercomputer cluster that's called. They didn't have that yet. They said that they're going to have their first one in Q1 2023. Q1 2023 came and passed. But uh, now with this new um, with this new timeline, it sounds like it's going into production as soon as next month. And then they're going to ramping up. So build out the clusters over time, adding power to it. And by January 2024, they think they're already going to be in the top five on the entire world in total compute capacity. And then, as you can see, ramp up really fast to 100 exaflops um, by the end of next year. So very impressive stuff. Now, why did I say this is my last hope? Say, for people like me who have not been really impressed by the rate of improvement of FSD beta, and we know like that that's, that's been one of my biggest concerns as a FSD beta owner, where Elon has kept saying, like, look at the pace of improvement of FSD beta and everything. And I have it for like a year and a half of them, maybe not a year and a half, but over a year at this point. And I've seen very little improvement. I've seen some improvement, to be fair, but for a year... It wasn't like a big improvement to me, and especially the way that Tesla was framing the rate of improvement. Now, some of the Tesla fans that have been agreeing with me on that front, the way one thing that they've been pushing is like this idea: okay, it's because they don't have Dojo, they don't have the, the compute power to handle all this data coming from the fleet. And that's true that there's a lot of data coming from the fleet, like more than any other automaker out there, because Tesla has had. Uh, millions of vehicles on the road at this point that they are equipped with all the sensors uh, feeding the data to Tesla. And it, it's a lot of potential for good data to train the neural nets on. 
but you need a lot of compute power to sort through the data and um, feed your neural nets. So they, they've been saying like Dojo is going to be the difference maker. Tesla has, hasn't said exactly as much, but they've been hinting that, yeah, it's going to be a big step change. Um, so yeah, it's my, it's my hope that, okay, now that they're going to have that, we're going to see a, a, a more impressive rate of improvement. I'm not saying that that's going to, what's going to happen. I'm saying that's my last hope of what could happen. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, just having raw compute power doesn't necessarily get you to full self-driving, but, uh, obviously it doesn't hurt. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, I'm just, if Elon is serious about a end of the year, full autonomy, like, is so what does he need to make that happen? It's like, there cannot be a list that long of things like that would be on top of mind. I think. Again, let's see if he's serious about this, if it's going to be true. Like, you know, hasn't been the case before multiple yeah. times. All right. Um, Model 3 refreshed, a little rumors going on. Uh, take everything I'm going to list here as a grain of salt because we don't have any proof to it. This is coming from Tesla Scope, which is a, a companion app for Tesla. And uh, they do have like good access to Tesla software and everything. But in this case, they seem to be more doing like a traditional like journalism job, like just talking to internal sources. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know how serious we can, we can take this as they've been wrong in the past. And, yeah. and the report is not something that I, like the way they framed it, like, it's not something that I would post myself, like, because they, they, they're like, oh, this, this is happening for sure. And then, oh, this, we don't know for sure. Like, yeah, like if, if you're basing these on like the same, like internal sources, like oh, there's, there's some, I don't like it when there's wiggle room to the information, like it's either right. it's happening or it's not. Or, or at least it doesn't need to be always happening, but at least like Tesla is working on this for that. Like the things that are clear. Anyway, the biggest news is would be a steer by wire. They claim that there's going to be steer by wire in the new Model Three. So we just talked about that last last week. We we uncover this uh, this patent that Tesla has filed for it. But what we've been hearing us is like Cybertruck would be the first one. Now this is not completely impossible because Cybertruck is almost ready. So if Cybertruck is almost ready, getting into production. Um, that means the steer by wire is ready, and uh, they, they could do the same with the um, with the Model Three. And some others have opened the doors too for steer by wires. Now, like the Toyota is steer by wire to a degree. Uh, they, they do have redundancy and mechanical redundancy, but a lot of people are going that way. So. Tesla is apparently doing the same. Now, what else is new? The, the Matrix LEDs light that we've been seeing on the um, Model S and X are, are making it to the, model, the new Model 3, apparently. So that's not impossible, too. I think the, they've been trying to hide the headlights and taillights on the, uh, on the prototypes that we've seen. RGB ambient lights, game-changing technology here, apparently coming to Model 3. I'm joking, but uh, it would be it would still be cool. Like, yeah, uh, especially cool, if yeah. you have control over them. Like, it's uh, like you can do your own little ambience in, in the car with different colors. That that would be nice. Uh, well, uh, apparently, beyond what we've seen, obviously, we we expected the new Model Three to have hardware for. It's the last one, uh, last Tesla vehicle to to get it. Uh, but uh, Tesla Scope claims there's going to be a little bit more to it. There's going to have a bumper camera, uh, so we'll see, and the new front-facing camera too. Uh, so the the current hardware for 
system that we've seen the front cameras as a dummy one. So it might be, there might be room to add another one. So maybe the Model 3 is going to be the first to have it. We're, we're not clear about that. Uh, we, we think we're going to learn a lot more about the hardware for suite of, of system uh, once the Model 3 comes out because Tesla has been very quiet about it, uh, supposedly because they, they don't want to affect Model 3 cells by talking about, hey, we have this new technology that's all order cars except this one. Um, the Osborne effect, they call it. So, but then they talked also about things like oh, the, the, the price and the, the launch, and they say like it could be could be next month or it could be in six months. Like it's so the things like that that remove some credibility to the report. Like they were they don't exist. Like, like, feels like if they knew all that, they probably wouldn't know that too. But they don't. They said they don't. Yeah, so I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't. I would say twenty percent chance of being correct. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things think, in there that you know, make sense. Some of sense. this stuff is guessing. Yeah, no, but they they they, they say it's not guessing. That I wouldn't I wouldn't have posted that if they claim it's just a, a guesswork. But they said to have talked to like I think a dozen internal employees, which sounds a bit much to me. Mm. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been doing uh, so this I, for I think... eight years. <laughs> I I don't think I had twelve sources within Tesla. Yeah, and so it. A lot of that stuff could come true because, you know, we've talked like the matrix lights, obviously mm-hmm. it could come true, but I just don't think that this stuff all makes sense in the whole. So I think it's a unlikely. Yeah. Especially like the steer by wire, like the timing would make sense with Cybertruck and everything. But do you want to release that in model three and not model Y? Um, exactly. Like there's, there's a few things like that that just give me pause. Right. All right, uh, Cybertruck made its way to New Zealand for its final uh, winter testing. So that's cool. Oh, did we talk about that last week? I don't know. I came out the 18. No, I feel like it was on the, like we had a picture on the plane or something last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we didn't. Uh, I don't know why that's sneaking there. <laughs> uh, we'll but anyway, see. final testing for the Cybertruck in New Zealand. Uh, another step closer to production. Then um, Tesla has updated us, gave us an update that we can get some information out of, but it's not perfect, of uh, production of the 4680 cell in Giga, Texas. So we've talked a lot about the Fremont pilot plant. That's not really a pilot plant in terms of volume, at least. But the real big volume is going to come from Gigafactory, Texas, and it's expected to be very important for uh, Cybertruck production and, um, of course, the new Model Y and future vehicle programs. Tesla needs Gigafactory Texas to produce cells in, in, in large volumes. What they did this week is they confirmed that they produced the 10th million uh, 4680 cells at Giga Texas. Now, that's all the cells produced to date, which is not uh, perfect information because you, you want the current production rate. So that we, we cannot try to uh, get the, the production rate from that because I, I think Tesla just they announced the first million and then the 10 million. So it's, and then there's too much time between like they could be, could be producing cell a million a week or he could be producing nothing because 10 million cells. I did the math somewhere. Uh, oh yeah. So 10 million cells is good enough for uh, producing 12,000 model Ys. So obviously Tesla has produced more than 12,000 model Ys like a good factory takes us to date, but they've been compensating with the Fremont factory production too. So, uh, well, Fremont, if you sell a factory, not the Fremont vehicle factory. But it's a good sign at 10 million. I would assume that now they have a, a pretty decent production rate that should that should 
cover maybe like a, a few thousand molawaya weeks. Obviously, the rest is being produced with 2170 cells. Uh, but we, uh, we've been hoping that the mix is going to improve uh, over time and uh, the 46cc cells solidify itself as like Tesla's main cell, which is still far from the case. But this is working. Are, are they still building uh, 4680s in Fremont or at the Gigafactory in Nevada? I know they originally, you know, like kind of the prototype build was there, but they're not producing those for actual vehicles, are they? No, no. I, I think the 4680 cells in, uh, in in Fremont are still in production because, like we said, it's a pilot factory, but it's a pretty like significant pilot factory. So there's different volume coming out of that. Giga Nevada, though, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's in production yet because the like the expansion haven't even taken place. Like that, that's a weird one that I've, I'm keeping an eye on, uh, Ron, again, to see when the actual expansion is going to start because it was announced like four or five months ago at this point, and they still haven't like broken ground on the on the actual expansion. So. Hmm. And that's going to be a big deal, obviously, for 46CD and eventually uh, Tesla Semi production. All right. The list of the most American-made cars have been uh, released by uh, cars.com. So they have this American-made index that they post every year where they try to look into all of the uh, vehicle programs that are produced in the U.S. And they try to figure out which one of the most American-made based on the number of parts that are made locally versus imported. And Tesla has been for a few years at the top of that list. But to a brand new degree this year with the first four top four vehicles on the list are all Tesla vehicles, Model Y being at the top. Uh, so the latest Tesla vehicle is the most produced. And it makes sense because Tesla has been increasingly vert- vertically integrating and um, producing more of its own parts. So the latest model being the top makes a lot of sense. Then another few interesting things out of this. First of all, it's the only American automakers automaker in the top ten. The, uh, Which is there's, weird. Yeah, there's basically only two other automakers in on there: Honda and Volkswagen, because also Acura, but Acura is Honda, so basically the same thing. So Honda has also four spots in the top ten, all after Tesla, though, and Volkswagen is in there. And encouraging, Volkswagen is in there with the ID4, so it's another electric vehicle in there. So that's an interesting point, the American thing. But the other interesting thing is that out of the top 10 vehicle, even though uh, wait, I got 8 or 10% EV adoption now in the U.S., uh, five of them are American-made. So it does seem to be an opportunity. This transition to electric vehicles seems to be an opportunity to um, focus on local production. And obviously, the IRA uh, has, has been very impactful on there and this impact i think we not we're not even feeling it we will feeling it we're feeling it in terms of investments right now but in terms of actual like foot on the ground and, and production is like the investment are just too recent to fill that so i think over time uh we we're gonna see that a lot like we're gonna see that a lot more of that so it's an opportunity like so some automakers are seeing it as a problem others are seeing it as an opportunity All right, the Escalade IQ. So this is going to be the next big EV from Cadillac, which in itself is becoming the EV brand at GM. And uh, this is going to be obviously one of the most popular. No, the Escalade is the most popular Cadillac, I would assume. Yep. Yeah. And they released a little teaser ahead of the launch in August. And let me just calm down here. So very short teaser, but we do get a few glimpses like this one here, this one, and then we get the front hand right here. 
and the glass roof. Here, front end of the car. Built in Detroit, on Ville in New York, they say. So obviously, it's a big deal. Like I just said, it's the biggest vehicle program from Cadillac. Hit going electric uh, is uh, is gonna uh, had to um, probably a little bit more volume to it because right now with the Lyric and the Celestic, we're not seeing any significant volume for Cadillac. So even though GM is like pushing the brand as their EV brand, thermal volume we're just not seeing that just yet. So hopefully, the Cadillac gonna be it, but. Did you get to see it at the big GM event where they had like very early prototypes? Yeah, so I did. Uh, it was a clay model. And I heard, yeah. well, that thing was huge. Like it was one of those things where it was kind of like it felt like a semi. Um, but my understanding is, and the look at this, it actually does not look as big as the current uh, equal, uh, Escalade. So I don't know. I I don't know if what we saw was an Escalade or something else. I mean, they just tell, you know, show us this big Cadillac thing. I mean, it had like 33 inch tires. It was just the biggest thing you've ever seen in your life. Uh, so this doesn't look like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be a bit more refined, like the, especially the, the wheels and tires. It's always like overblown on prototypes versus the actual production right. version. So yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a little bit toned down, but um yeah, there's an, there's an opportunity here for for GM uh, to to be very efficient in in, in the way they, they build things because obviously you have the the Silverado electric uh, and that is taking some learnings from the Armor EV and I I would assume that the Escalade is gonna be similar to that gonna take learnings from the Silverado because uh, they do have a pick do they still do a pickup version of the Escalade and gas nope no they don't you think they're gonna do it for that I doubt it uh, yeah, yeah. they kind of GMC is kind of the pickup. But either either way, they're going to probably use the same powertrain and everything. So it's going to be like, you're going to see similar specs as uh, as this one. Just maybe not a similar price and a little bit more luxurious because it is a Cadillac after all. All right, one more quick piece of news to discuss. And then we're going to jump into the comment section. So I already see a lot of comments. So we're going to get you all to jump into that. We're going to have plenty of time to discuss it since we are not even 40 minutes into the show. So guys, if you need questions, Put them in there right now. We're going to get to it. In and if we have some extra time, we need to discuss Musk versus Zuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you guys don't want to get me going on that because that thing has been living rent-free in my head. It's like my two favorite worlds colliding. Like, Well, I mean, not exactly. Like, MMA is definitely my favorite world. And then the EV world, I don't know. Like, Elon is on top of the EV world, but he's not the EV world itself. So I don't know. Um, yeah, we're talking about the Zuckerberg versus Musk potential MMA match. All right. The last news is the Kia begins delivery of the flagship EV9 electric SUV. So we've, we, we just discussed the EV9. It's going to be like the biggest, com- um, probably biggest competitor to what we just discussed too, the Escalade and, uh, and the Rivian R1S. But a little bit less expensive. Um, and so we... Okay, it's in, in, in South Korea. I thought it was the U.S. delivery. So I don't know. It's South Korea. Okay, so it just started delivering it in South Korea. And um, obviously, we, we discussed the spec before. We were really impressed by it. 100 kilowatt hour battery pack, over up to 300 miles of range, 5,000 pounds of towing. You have a third row in there. Uh, it, looks, it looks like they have a killer product on their hand here. It's going to be very popular. Um, more here than in South Korea, probably. But do we have the timing on the deliveries here? I don't think they gave it. Yeah, expected to go in the fourth quarter of this year. So, yeah, it's going to be another three months at least. 
Um, but it's coming to the U.S. Uh, with the assemble in Georgia. So it's going to take advantage of that sweet tax credit. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the comments. All right. Popping in there, uh, Stefan Freuker. Uh, good that Knox will not make it to the EU as only one phase and not three phase as we use here. So, yeah, that the Nax is kind of just the, the hardware, like the connection. I think, I think you could make a three phase, uh, Nax connector if, if you wanted to, I don't think Tesla will do that because there's no reason to in the U S um, yeah, we do have yeah. three phase, but it's only for very high power. Mm-hmm. So, uh, doubtful. All right, Dan DeYoung, what do you think are the most difficult things that FSD will have to solve before robotaxis will work? Assuming it can be solved, how long do you think that'll take? We'll leave that to you. I mean, uh, Ashok, like Tesla's head of uh, Autopilot Software, had an interesting comment this week where he said that his secret goal is to make FSD work uh, in India, which is well known for... Chaos. Yeah, chaos on the roads, like like traffic lights or suggestion if they if they are even there. And, um, and I mean, you can just Google like crazy traffic in India, and you, you'll uh, you'll you'll get your anxiety going pretty quickly just from watching it. Uh, so that, I mean, that's an interesting thing. I'm more like, at one point, do you need to be able so? And and is his point? So I don't know where this is coming from at Tesla. I would assume it's Elon because, but his idea was like if we can solve for that for this Indian madness on, on the auto market, we have achieved AGI like artificial general intelligence, which I'm not disputing because yes, even because I'm uh, a human who's been driving for more than a decade and. I would be stressed out of my mind if I would be in the driving situation. And maybe I could see myself, like if I'm being honest with myself, I can see myself like just not being able to handle it all. Like just like, this is too stressful, too complicated and everything. So if you can get uh, neural nets to handle that, like it's getting to a level of comprehension and perspective that is, extremely impressive i don't know if it actually counts at agi but it's getting close to it for sure um now you don't necessarily need that to achieve a robo taxi a useful robo taxi service but that's going to be there's so if we focus on that specifically what needs to be achieved that was the question what needs to be solved well i mean you need things that don't exist yet in 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 tesla like uh just like uh things like um, I'm, I'm thinking of the word in French right now, but uh, when you have those craters on the road, they need pull in French. Puddles? Puddles. <laughs> like you need to be able to detect and avoid puddles. Like that's probably one of the biggest concerns I have with autopilot right now is like when it would drive like straight over one. It's like this is just some of them I understand everything, but others can be dangerous. Like I know it can be dangerous to avoid them too. So that's one of the things that's difficult for a robot. You know, it's the, the trolley question and whatnot too. So there's things like that that need to be avoided. Obviously, if we go, we were just talking in the electric newsroom about the uh, ODAO series of tests like the dawn project series of tests of like running over 
fake children all the time. Like, obviously, this is something that needs to be solved, too. Uh, <laughs> at this point, it almost feels like Tesla is not fixing it to, uh, <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to mess just, with him. Yeah. yeah, to mess with him at this point. Like, obviously, this this is one that's probably easier to, to fix. Um, but, I mean, obviously, the biggest thing right now is, like, when you're using FSD data, just make sure to be careful and on the wheels the whole time, be ready to, to take control because those things are a problem right now. There's no doubt about it, but it's it's not a full driving system despite the name. That's it. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't have a ton of hope right now about reaching that robo taxi level based on what I'm driving right now in FSD beta. I just, I don't, I, I see too many gaps. Uh, maybe Dojo's the solution. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, how do you say pothole in French? Is it need de pool? Yeah, need pool. Uh, which which is uh, like the nest of a chicken. That's that's the direct translation. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. I love it. All right, question. A lot of companies have said they either considering going to Nax. Any word on Fisker since they're made in Europe? Does that make Nax harder? Not harder. Uh, they can. They, they have production intended for North America already. Production intended for, uh, for for Europe, and they both use different chargers. So you would just switch the one that you do for North America to NAC. So it's no, it's not not difficult at all. They just need to. Honestly, right now, I think that a lot of uh, uh, the fact that it's the, the adoption is relatively slow. Like what was it? Like two weeks between Ford and GM, and another week or two between GM and Rivian. It's probably because they have to go through Tesla. So I actually talked to Tesla uh, last week uh, about it because they have some people that have been reaching out to me, that some smaller like EV makers that are like, "Hey, well, we want to get involved in that too. Do you know who we talk to?" And I actually was able to to get the name of the person involved. So I've been sending that to people and uh, hopefully they get going, but I would assume like there's like discussion between all of those automaker and Tesla. So, uh, and then that's all the same people at Tesla. So this probably comes some kind of bottleneck right now for Tesla to, to go through all these automakers one by one and, and, and get them approved. So I'm sure Fisker is going to get on board at some point. Um, though there is some bad blood between yeah. uh, Fiskers and, and like Henrik Fiskers and Elon Musk. So, uh, but I, I just, I just think that, with uh, with the way that Tesla is framing Nax, like it is an open standard, it's for everyone. Uh, it would look bad to put uh, like sticks in the wheels of Fiskers and going Nax because of that. So they have Tesla kind of get right. get get over that. Yeah, I mean Elon and uh, Mary Barra aren't like best of friends. Uh, yeah, but there's not like a lot of personal. Like- it's not like. For those people that don't know, like I don't know all the facts. Like I'm just gonna give you like Tesla's side of things on, on this, like the uh, or Elon's side of things that the, the, the he claims that he hired Enric Fisker to design the original Model S, and that Fisker showed him a bunch of design that were that were bad, and uh, he actually used that that contract to design the uh, Karma, and then he went after this contract was over with Tesla. You didn't show the Fisker Karma design to to Tesla, and they just started a company to build the Fisker Karma instead. Uh, so, the, and then Tesla hired uh, Franz uh, Van Halsens, and he designed the actual Model S. So, uh, they, they ended up suing Fisker for over that, but uh, I don't think they won the lawsuit. So, uh, so uh, not winning a lawsuit doesn't mean that. It, 
Tesla wasn't the wrong either, but uh, I don't know what happened. Like New Jersey probably respected the contract. The contract wasn't didn't prevent him from doing that, or maybe yeah. he didn't do that. I don't know. Yeah, and there's you know other companies like Lucid. Uh, yeah, have, have already said that uh, they're taking a wait and see for now. So yeah, Hyundai is the same too. Bad blood there. Yeah. Yep. All right, Joe Sapp, uh, question. Could you see Tesla using the wireless charging to charge cars out of production? The cars drive off the production line, charge themselves, and then drive onto a car carrier. Joel, you're, you're not thinking big enough here. Like, if there's wireless charging, they don't need a car carrier. They just drive themselves all the way across country to mm-hmm. wherever they need to go. And then you get your car, and it already has 3,000 miles on <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and, but I mean, that's like, literally something that Elon has mentioned in the, in the past. That's literally something that Elon has mentioned. No, I I yeah. still think it would be more efficient to just send it on, on like trains and things like that, like to get a, a bunch of the distance covered. And then maybe you do the, the final few miles like right. that. But obviously, we're so far away from that. Right. But I think we're so far away. If, if you're Elon Musk, you think uh, you're months away by the end of the year. But you also think that you can do a compelling MMA fight at the same time. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Fisker, Risky Sinta, Fisker did another delivery event, 360 miles EPA. Still think they are fake. Did uh, we ever say that they're fake? Uh, no. I mean, we, I, I, we already said they weren't going to deliver it in the U.S. I'm just, I don't know for how long they're going to last, though, because financially speaking, you know, it doesn't look good. Uh, but I wish them luck. I wish them that uh, it, yeah, it works out. The better. Yeah. And, and we've always said Fisker's designs are great. Just the uh, businesses are a little shaky. Yeah. I mean, the uh, designs, Nick- I, I've, I've been a big fan of like the Fisker Karma. It looks good. Uh, the Ocean, I'm kind of indifferent about it. Like it's not bad looking for me. It's not good looking, but uh, I can see the appeal for some people. But I think the specs and pricing were always more of a more interesting thing about the, the Ocean than the design itself. Yeah. All right. Uh, question, what would you do if you had... A 2020 bolt. We just got ours used and we're bummed about the software patch. Can you clarify if the lower limit at 70 miles remains? So Chevy had this old software patch where it wouldn't let you go below 70 miles of range and above uh, 80% range, which was kind of crappy. But I think the new one lets you go down to zero again. Um, And that's only for 6,000 miles or 10,000 miles, I think. And once that's over, they open it wide open or they give you a new battery pack so it's not great it's kind of a crappy situation i think they could have done a lot better job there but uh this kind of is what it is uh i'm assuming here obviously that you didn't already get the uh new battery pack um there was some news last week where uh chevrolet said uh we're not replacing the 2020 bolt battery packs anymore unless uh you run the software for 10,000 miles and it says you need a replacement so that was upsetting to a lot of people, and I get it. So, uh, moving on, Nico D, make a poll for chat to see who would buy a Cybertruck. I think, think Tesla made a poll, and there's like a million people. Yeah, I mean, said, "All right, how much uh, value there's in that?" I mean, we might we we gonna do one for reservation holders once the new specs and pricing are, are released. That would be more interesting. So, how many people change their mind? Once we have the actual production specs and pricing, which we know is going to be vastly different from the originally announced 2019 ones. 
All right, question. Does Model Y buyer know if they're getting a 4680 or 2170 cells in their car? I got confused when you described what's coming out of Austin, the 2680 chemistry confirmed, and what is it? Well, it's the, uh, well, it's not, it's standard range is not the word, but the, the base all-wheel drive one is the one with 4680 cells. That's our understanding. Uh, so all the other ones are 2170. So if you're buying this one, you should get the 4680 uh so you can get one from Texas, one or the other, but in terms of the standard range, the standard range is not the right world. It's just, it's just like the base all-wheel drive is the one with the 4680. That's our understanding. All right. Uh, moving on. Carl in San Diego continues. Escalade is a regrettable model in terms of ICE making GM criminals in the bigification, new word, of vehicles for no good reason. Why is it okay for Hummer and Escalade again? Uh, well, I kind electric. of agree. Yeah, I mean, electric, they're replacing huge ICE vehicles. I get your point. Like, you could make three or four bolts for every uh, Hummer that comes off the line in terms of batteries and, uh, you know, weight and just like yeah. car. But uh, the other side is that people are buying these vehicles for yeah. whatever well, reason. Yeah, so, well, so it's better. Yeah, it's definitely better. But my point, like, I understand. Like if you're buying a Hummer EV in Virginia and like you're powering with coal, like yeah, you're not. It's, it's better than having a gas and power or diesel or, or the Hummer diesel or gas. I don't know. But whatever, like the 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 highest Hummers, it's it's going to be better than that. But it's still bad. Like obviously, you would need like a more efficient EV. That said, if you're buying an Armour AV and driving it in Quebec, for example, where you're powering completely with a the hydroelectricity, then it's not that bad. The only thing that's worse, that makes it worse than a, a smaller car is the actual production capacity of it, like the battery and the, the, all the, the materials that go into making a bigger car. Um, so that's not that big of a deal because over the lifetime of the, of the car, it, it's, it's minimal compared to the consumption. Uh, so in this case, uh, hydroelectricity versus um, gasoline or diesel. Again, I don't know which one it is for the Hummer. And... Um, so so that comes back instead of like, all right, so the question is more about the buyers. Why are they going towards that? And whatever the reason is, like changing those reasons to convince those people to buy a Bolt instead, I feel like that's harder than making a compelling electric Hummer or electric Escalade. So for the environment, I think it's better to like have Cadillac make those than trying to have some kind of societal change where it's cool to have. We can try, and we've been trying in electric. I mean, if you've been reading electric, like half our oracles are about like micro-mobility and all that, and we are all on board with that. You see this electric bike out there. Like I, whenever I can, I'll, I'll take that instead of taking my car. And I have electric cars that drive on the hydroelectricity. So we're all on board on that. But we're also not like kidding ourselves that we're not the norm, and we don't want also to... Uh, like what was the word uh, patronizing people that like we don't want to shame people that don't do it too right like, yeah. It, yeah, like yeah. it's not it's not it, it's not a good way to approach things like that so I, I think like having a technical solution that take care of vast majority of the problem is a better approach than uh, than everything else all right a few more questions and then we're going to talk zuck and <laughs> musk in the in the ring in the octagon a uh, question: Which will come first, a Tesla HVAC or a Level Four FSD? 
wild speculation. Uh, I'm going to say HVAC. Um, little heat pump. Little heat pump for the. Uh, uh, you, the I think it's going to be a close, <laughs> close race, baby. Because I don't, I don't see the HVAC coming in the like next two years. I think three years. Yeah. So maybe level four is not completely unachievable. Right. Uh, you have to be solve. You have to solve deadheading to make robo taxi sensible. Transportation experts understood this a long time before Elon. Okay, so that's uh, unfortunately to learn here. What's deadheading? Uh, I think it just means like idiots driving. Oh yeah, I mean that's you have to dumb proof everything these days. Yeah. Uh, do you expect or hope that Teslas will be able to detect each other on the road to improve safely and expedite FSD? Well, that actually goes against Tesla's entire approach. So do you, Tesla wants to replace a human driver. Like they are taking like a human approach to it, like with vision and neural nets, so eyes and brains. What we used to. To, um, to, to drive our cars today and your eyes and brains don't really have that much opportunity to communicate with other people outside of, uh, uh, of your car. So there's the honking. So yes, there's going to be an aspect of automatic honking on, on a car and everything. There's, I guess there's some high contact and like you can wave uh, like at the stop. If you at the stop sign at the same time, it is good practice to just tell someone like go, go ahead and all that. There is uh, companies that have been working on, on, on like a way for cars to communicate like that. Uh, with a human, not necessarily with another car, but now a car to car, uh, over like it would be smart at some point, but that's not Tesla's approach. It sounds like. All right, uh, what do we think about Neo? Uh, they just presented the ET5 Touring and the uh, L6. Looks like well designed and built. Only worry, China it, is it too dangerous buying a Chinese car? State controlled, etc. Uh, I mean, from everything I've seen from Neo, it looks pretty good. I've never been in one myself. I would love to, because like I'm, I'm trusting what I've been what's been reporting from China right now, and it lo- everything looks it looks like great cars. I wanted to get in one and, and confirm that myself before having a serious opinion on this. Uh, yeah, they're for, kinda, like they're in uh, Norway and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe there could check it out. Um, I haven't been in China. But uh, yeah, as for the state control thing, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of those now. Like it's just, it's, yeah. you, it's 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 you have to deal with that when you buy from China. Like it's just all right. Uh, clarification on deadheading: it's the half, the empty half of a trip to get to you. So uh, like if you drive to the airport and pick, pick somebody up, the drive to the airport is the deadheading. But how? Why? Why would that be? A problem just, self-driving have versus current like it's just extra distance i guess but i guess yeah. also like a taxi driver actually has to be in the car and that's not not a useful bit of time anyway that's the last question let's head right into <laughs> elon versus zuck in the octagon fred with the analysis we're going to cap it at like five minutes all right all Obviously, right so let, uh, zuck is smaller but he's got some training Elon, bigger, got the walrus move. Uh, what do you got? So this, I've been, this has been living rent free in my head for all week. I've been thinking about this way too much because if, if you guys don't know, like I know you guys know more the, as an EV guy, but one of my other passion is is martial arts, and, and including MMA, and I've been delving into that world for for years now. So like this is my sort of my two worlds colliding here, and and I've been thinking about this way too much because. In my view, first of all, I thought at first it was it was completely a joke, like because uh, 
Uh, all right, Elon says that on Twitter. Okay, he says a lot of uh, stupid things on Twitter, so it's just another joke he says on Twitter. And then uh, Zoc responds on Instagram, of course, because that's that's another weird aspect of this whole thing where Elon is talking on Twitter and responding on Twitter, but responding from Instagram posts from Zuck because Zuck is only on Instagram and Facebook and not on Twitter. And Well, I mean, he has a Twitter account, but he doesn't use it anymore since Elon bought it. Anyway, it's this rivalry of social media CEO, whatever. It's, it's nonsense. But what Zuck responded, it was to a screenshot of that message of like, let's, let's do an MMA fight. And he, he responded with, send me location. And then all the media went nuts. It's like, oh, they are agreeing to an MMA fight. I took it as a joke because send me location is a famous phrase that Khabib Namagamedov said uh, about Conor McGregor when Conor attacked uh, the bus full of fighters in New York a few years ago. And um, because uh, thinking that uh, Habib was was in the bus, and Habib responded to to McGregor is like, you don't have to attack the bus. Just send me location. I'm gonna show up and we're gonna fight. So he was using that as a joke. I don't think. I don't think. I'm not even sure that Zuck was serious at that point. But then Elon responded. He responded Octagon Las Vegas, and. So he either didn't get the joke or he's really serious about this. But then adding to everything that now confirming that they are actually serious about this is Dana White, the promoter of the UFC, saying that he talked to both of them and both of them are serious about it. And he's looking to make this happen and make it a $100 pay-per-view for charity. So now, now I'm conflicted because I think it's the dumbest idea ever. But at the same time, it, it could make a few, probably like two or three million buys, maybe even more. Yeah, at a hundred dollars, it's it's a lot of money for charity. It's way, like, better, so, it's way better than those silly YouTubers. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing. No, it's not. It's not going to be a better fight. So okay, so that, no, that, but it's going to be more entertaining. I don't know if it's going to be. So that that's the not whole for thing. you because you like good UFC fighting. But for me, like I just want to watch two old people like punch each other. <laughs> I don't know if you really know what it's going to look like, though. So it's going to look bad. I know it's going to look bad. It's going to look so bad. I mean, so Musk for... is 51. I'm 50 or almost 50. Like, like I know I was in a lot better shape when I was in 39. Yeah, uh, but and even then, you're like you're on the Peloton every day and all that. Like, from, from what I'm hearing from Elon Musk, like, and that's from his, his own words, like he lost a bunch of weights recently, so that's, that's good for him. But he, he said that he lost the weight with some anti-hunger medication and fasting. I'm a big fan of fasting. I fast all the time. And it, it's good for you. It doesn't give you good cardio or anything like that. Like you have to do exercise to get good cardio. And fighting is one of the most cardio extensive sports out there. Like it's, let's say it's like a three, five minute rounds. Uh, by minute two or three, depending on how thing goes, Elon's going to be dead. It's going to be dead and it's going to be so bad to watch. So what I'm, the way I'm thinking about this is like from Elon's perspective. Also, let's remember that uh, Zuckerberg trains MMA uh, at least a little. And I've seen some footage of him like, uh, like play sparring and hitting the pads. He doesn't look bad. It looks like he, he, he has some like decent technique. Like if maybe he's been training for like a few years or a year somewhat extensively. And he's, the, he's doing jujitsu. He's done a, a competition in the Bay Area, won the competition as a white belt. So he's not super advanced. But from what I've seen, he, he, he knows like the basics. He got his good basics. And that puts you like way ahead. Like forget the Elon weight advantage. It, it's going to do nothing against Zuck, unless unless he has like six months of training or something like that. But you have to keep in mind that the six months of training, Zuck used that to keep getting better. Like Elon comes from basically nothing to that. 
it's going to be bad. So there's two scenarios that I will see this play out. One, Zuck just walks through Elon super quickly and Elon just like looks like bad, like and everything. Okay. So that's not great for Elon. And two is that we just get a terrible fight because both of them are not used to fighting, especially not on like big lights and all that and everything happening and being on a big stage. It's so unnerving, especially like, if it's a, you do it like a real MMA fight or amateur level with shin pads and maybe headgear, I don't know how they're going to do it. But like getting into your underwear and getting into a cage to fight someone is a surreal experience that most people don't want to get into for good reasons. And I don't think he's thinking about that at all. Like, so the only way it makes sense for me from Elon's perspective is that he's going like full, like, let's, it's a simulation. It's all, it's all a joke anyway. Let's, let's, let's be a clown and like make fun of the entire situation and make some money for charity at the same time. If he's thinking like that, like I'm all for it. But if he's thinking in any way that this is going to be like the battle of the social media titan and you meet in the cage and they're going to give like a good fight for the fan, there's zero chance of that happening. Maybe Zuckerberg looks good a little bit and like like getting along into a rear naked choke and, and, and get him out of there. And like that would be like the best situation possible for both of them, by the way. Like that that would look okay. But I think the most likely situation is that the fight is just sloppy as hell because they're both not used to, to this at all, especially Elon. And it, it, I, I sent to Elon this, this fight on, on Twitter that I said, you should look at this. It's the Data 5000 versus Kimball Slice fight. Some of you might be familiar with Kimball Slice because he was uh, famous at one point from street fighting on YouTube. He's since unfortunately passed. And Kimball Slice at that point, before that fight, had a few fights already. Uh, it, uh, a few real MMA fights. I mean, not just like street fighting. He was in somewhat good shape visibly. Obviously not great cardio and you can watch the fight for that. Same for that at 5,000. But these are guys that I would put like way above Elon and, and Zuckerberg's level of fitness and, and, and fight readiness, let's say. And they delivered one of the worst looking fight of all time. Just terrible to watch. Just a complete force of a fight. So... If you're Elon and even Zuckerberg to a degree, I would ask yourself sincerely, like, do I think I can do better than these two? And if not, which is should be not if you're if you're looking um, without bias at your own capabilities in terms of fighting, you should ask yourself then, do I want something that looks? Do I want to deliver something that looks even worse than this Data Five Thousand versus uh, versus Kimball Slice fight? And I hope that the answer is no. Unless you're just like, I don't, I don't give a. <laughs> that was the. <laughs> I was good. I don't give a hell about what this looks like. It's all about like let's have fun and let's make some money for charity. That that I, I'm I'm okay with. But if you think that it's gonna be like a fight that's gonna be good for the sport of MMA, <laughs> you can forget about that. I mean, I'm thinking about things like CM Punk. Like, did you, did you remember when CM Punk went into the UFC for two fights? Yeah. It was it was horrible to watch. And CM Punk yeah. is is a trained athlete. He's an actual athlete. He's a trained athlete. And he had like a few years of BJJ and, and, and striking before that fight. And it looked horrible. Obviously, he was fighting guys like Mickey Gall uh, and uh, what was the other guy? Uh, Johnson, I think. That weren't necessarily bad. So that makes it worse. But 
do you think you can like Elon? Elon, do you think you can? You're better than CM Punk at this. Like, think about it. So, so I agree. I think, uh, yeah. but this also like that. The bigger thing is like, you know how you would think somebody's telling Elon, "Hey, dude, no, don't do it. Don't stop." He doesn't no one have is. that. He doesn't have that person in his. That's life. a good point. And yeah, that's sad. That goes across everything, but like I, in in particular this. Yeah, I've seen Lex Friedman like go all in for. I love Lex Friedman, but I'm like, like, like this, like he says, he he said the BJJ fight at first. Like I, I thought that was smart of Lex. All right, let's let's get them to do a BJJ fight. Zuck's gonna walk through Elon, but at least it's it's not gonna look as bad as like two grown men exhausted on their feet throwing punches uh, uh, like that. So it's not gonna look as bad. But then Elon said MMA. Lex was like, "Oh, that's that's even better." I'm like, Lex, come on, you know this. Lex is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's a serious martial art practitioner he knows this is going to be ridiculous like why why do we want that out there i don't I, again unless you're approaching this whole thing as clowns like let's just be clown we're not there to entertain they're not we're, we're there we're all laughing together at us uh, it's all just a joke and we make some money for charity that's great but i don't i i don't know if it's that i don't know if it's that I think it's just two grown men that are a bit delusional about their what, what it takes to, to, to do an MMA fight. Uh, if anything, it could be good for the sport in terms of like like this this what people think they can do it, but like right, what's how, actually happening how is, about is when, uh, different. When Justin Trudeau fought uh, boxing, is this a well, good? Well, that, that was stupid too, but. Actually, Trudeau, he had some boxing experience before that, and it wasn't a good boxing fight. No, nope. it wasn't. A, it was not a good box, but it wasn't awful either. Uh, also, right. but, but boxing is is a bit different. Where like you have two weapons, and and it's it's just your. Uh, I mean, the footwork it takes a lot to learn and everything. But they both both of these guys, like it was with a senator at the time, or soon to be senator, and both of them had some boxing experience. So it wasn't that awful of a fight. It wasn't great either. But Elon does, as far as we know, does have has nothing and. Zuck as son, it's not going to be good. There's just no way around it. Especially for, for something that's going to be such a big fight. Like Dana White, who's the number one uh, martial art promoter in the world, say it's going to be the biggest fight ever. So if he says that, I believe him because he has more experience than anyone in promoting fights. But, do, but you know, Dana, Dana looks bad there because Dana has always been about, like, I, especially since the CM Punk thing, CM Punk, sorry, he's like, I, I don't want to do those fights. I don't want to be doing, like, those, like, force of a fight. I want to be doing the best versus the best. Well, Elon Musk and Zuckerberg are not the best versus the best. They're the best, maybe billionaires, but they're not the best fighters out there. Um, all right, well... I think I, I've rent on it. I mean, if we're doing this, like, uh, then I, I want to take, like, uh, if if it becomes the norm, I, I want to be the next one. I'll take I'll take the next biggest EV journalist out there. I'll, I'll, I'll challenge them right. to a, a cage Eight. match. So let's, let's do it. <laughs> nice. All, All right. right. Thank you. Thanks a lot, everyone, for listening to the show this week. Uh, if you're still listening, I appreciate you. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, please give us a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe. It helps the show a lot, and it's free to do. It takes a second. If you're listening on the podcast app right now, on Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, uh, if you can give us a five-star review, that helps the show a lot. Only if you like the show, obviously. And uh, it takes a second to do, free to do, and it helps the show a ton. So we appreciate every single one of you, and we're going to see you same place next time. Oh, it's not working. <laughs>